Hello and welcome back to episode four. Yes, we're already up to episode four of NAMT Radio. I'm your host, Rob Lawrence. And this week, we're going to talk about the Lighthouse Leadership Project. To give us a little bit of a backstory, James O. Page, the founding father of modern EMS in the United States, had a vision to create a mentorship program for EMS practitioners to guide and support them in achieving leadership goals. He called it the EMS Lighthouse Leadership Program, although Jim sadly passed away before he could implement the program. Other leaders in EMS, inspired by Jim's vision, have developed the framework for this new EMS mentorship program. And here to help us uh, talk about that is Romy Duckworth, who's our Region 1 Director, brackets 23-24, and uh, Dave Edgar, Director, Region 3, brackets 22-23. I, I guess those uh, those numbers are important, gentlemen. So why don't you start off by giving us a little bit of an introduction and bio, and uh, Romy, let's start with you. All right. Well, my name is Rom Duckworth. I am a fire captain and the paramedic coordinator for the Ridgefield Fire Department in Ridgefield, Connecticut. Uh, We're a small combination fire department about an hour outside of New York City with just about uh, three ambulances, about 3,500 calls a year. And I'm also uh, the director for Region 1 for the National Association of EMTs. That's the Northeast. And I am a uh, Lighthouse Leadership Mentorship Program committee member and a mentor. Hi, I'm Dave Edgar, uh, Assistant Chief of EMS for the City of West Des Moines in Iowa. Um, We're a third service EMS agency, and um, I have been in EMS since 1986, started in high school as a volunteer, as I'm sure many my age um, did that are still in EMS. Um, I am the Region 3 Director and am the current uh, chair of the Lighthouse Leadership uh, Committee. Wonderful. And also, when I read your bio, I realized that you were a recipient of the, a GEMS EMS 10 in 2013. So uh, congratulations for that. Uh, I <laughs> just just made, made me smile because I was a 2011. Um, so uh, for those that have no idea what we're talking about, GEMS, I'm not sure if they still do it. I don't know if they do it or they, not. They, but... they don't anymore. But to be oh. fair, I, I, I received it in 2019. <laughs> oh, so you're the new boy in the academy then. So anyway, for people listening, uh, EMS 10, once upon a time, someone once said, oh, maybe I told the journalist this, but it was considered an EMS Oscar, right? And so if you'd sort of done something. And GEMS back in the day selected the, the, the 10 people that had done stuff notable um, promotional educational for the industry and then we had a a grand ceremony and uh, yeah so we have we have some ems tenors in the room so uh, congratulations gentlemen and uh, keep going Uh, do you just by chance remember who was in your class because i I, very luckily i had people like tom boothelay and uh, dr will smith uh, and others so and and they're, they're all still going strong even 11 12 years on so that's always good yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dave. I, uh, there's quite a story behind that, but I'm not a real flyer. So um, I did go out there to do that, but I don't remember a whole lot of the other people that were out there because of uh, um, flying out there and uh, what I had to do to get out there. So it's an interesting story we can talk about sometime. Yeah, it's always, I mean, I, I went back, when I hit the 10-year point, I went back to saying, well, where are all these people then? Because sometimes when you get a major award, it's normally the kiss of you-know-what, and that's that's your cue to, to, to shuffle off and do something completely different. But uh, I'm so excited that my class is still there. So if you're listening, class, 
well done, keep going. Anyway, let's let's Dave, as as this is kind of your baby that you know you, you picked up the the challenge from Jim Page. You've led the program. We're actually a year in, so we've already got a cohort of uh, mentors, sorry, mentees and mentors that are out there and hopefully will listen to this. But kind of take us back to the point where you, you know, picked up the brief and you, you got the program, you know, restarted or going. Sure. So um, originally, uh, Makara Trustee started as chair of the program. Um, we were appointed by NAMT President Bruce Evans um, about a year prior to the program uh, starting. And she led us um, through basically the development of the framework and everything. Then I took over some of the, the management of it now. And I'm sure somebody's going to take it over for me here uh, in the future. But um, it's, it is a program that um, it took a lot of different disciplines to put together something that, number one, would be um, what Jim Page would want. And we refer to that and we refer to it often as we were developing the program. Uh, I never knew Jim Page, but certainly there are people uh Bruce, Steve Worth, other people that did know um, um, Jim Page. And we've really tried to stay true to his vision of the program as we developed it and as we started our first uh, cohort or the graduates of 2023, which was about this time uh, last year when that group started. And then they'll graduate um, this September. So we'll talk about what they've been up to, but uh, in order to get selected then, what is the process? So um, we've gone through two selection processes. Uh, the first one, they're, they're very similar, and Ron can probably speak to some of the matrix things that we, uh, well, actually he developed, uh, but we it's a combination of an application period a uh, review of the applications with a rubric to um, uh, kind of weed out the people and who we think would best fit the program. And then we actually interview a large number of people before that uh, selection takes place and match them with the number of, of mentors that we have. Yeah, the, the interview process is really key to it. The application is just to sort of get an idea of who might be uh, ready for the program and who may not be ready for the program just yet. Um, but the interview is where we really get an idea of one-on-one. Uh, <clears throat> -on -one. um, we're actually lucky to get lots of qualified applicants, but it's not always the right time for them. Some of them may be people with a lot of potential, um, and the interview sort of lets us know that, that we're going to want to come back to them at some point, but that maybe they're not quite ready. They need a little bit more foundational work um, before they can really get all the benefit out of the program. And um, uh, other people may be absolutely squarely ready for the program, but it's not the right time for them because they're already involved in a whole lot of other, uh, whole lot of other projects as, as a lot of um, uh, aspiring and, and new leaders in EMS are, you know, the, the, the people who have uh, all, all the work on their plate already. So we want to make sure that there's enough time for um, this committee and, uh, or excuse me, this uh, program and the work that it's going to take for them to uh, to continue to succeed and develop and then really, really do great things later on. 
So if I'm the perfect candidate for selection, what would I have done before? What am I doing now? And what potential am I showing for the future? Well, I, I think we're, we're not looking for people that want to check mark that they took part in a program. This is really personal. And I, I'm sure anybody else on the committee and, and Rob, you'll learn that we gain as much out of it as, as they do. So the type of person that we are looking for is um, one that can make a difference in the future of EMS. Um, I've told a lot of people that, you know, when you ask about everything we have to deal with in, in EMS, and it's like, you know, everybody focuses on the money. Money's important, but we have to do programs like this to bring that new generation of uh, EMS provider at all different levels, whether it's, you know, local, state, federal, we have to bring them in and understand the system and help them to be our leaders of tomorrow to help solve these problems. Excellent. So in terms of, and we'll come on to the, the, the mentors in a minute, but in terms of the curriculum then, so we've got a cohort that's now a year in, as you said, what have they gone through so far? What sort of have been the highlights and, and some of those either learning or indeed experiential um, things that they've gone through? Um, so, you know, we're learning as we go along. And um, the, the 2023 cohort is helping us to develop as we go along. Um, we've made some mistakes. We've made some improvements. I think one of the big improvements with this next group is that we're bringing in 15 new mentors. The committee members were mentors for this first group. And now we're going to focus on program development. Some of us will still be mentors for the new group, but we brought in 15 people because we're going to expand the program from 10 to 15 this year. And those leaders um, will help to uh, take us to a new level of, of specific occupations, professions. Right now, what we're doing is with the current group is once we match them with one of us, um, it kind of depends on the person. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, Rom's person and I have two people under, they're both completely different. So the, the curriculum for lack of a better word, this is, as I like to refer personal, we have an outline, but it really depends on that person we're mentoring because what I'm finding with the folks that I'm mentoring is they are in the thick of it um, right now with managing and, and my people are more operational. Um, but it just really depends on where they're at. We have some set quarterly things and education uh, periods we have. Um, Chris Sebolero does a fantastic job of doing our initial um, orientation for the mentees, helping to get us started and as mentors, even in the first three or four sessions with them. And then it kind of goes what the direction is that uh, um, the, the person is wanting to go. And I think that's the real strength of the program is the customization is that um, we have, uh, as Dave said, a curriculum that we follow and we certainly have uh, goals and benchmarks as we go for the, the class as a whole. But that's the first part of the program is one-on-one -on -one discussions with your mentor 
working towards the individual goals and and benchmarks along the way to achieve those goals. Uh, and that's really just the, I think the magic of the whole program is it's customized for each individual mentee. It's each person gets their own one-on-one customized experience focused on the things that they want to be able to do to help them grow as a person. And, and, and certainly the end goal, as Dave said, is to benefit um, themselves, their, their agency, their region, hopefully, and the EMS profession as a whole. But the way that they're going to do that and the way that they're really going to shine is by the mentors helping them achieve you know, what they do really well, use their talents and skills. So, so to help us understand the journey, Ron, I mean, give us a year in the life of your mentee uh, as, as they just experienced it. What, are the, what have you done and what are the highlights? Well, so far, um, just to use my mentee as an example, but I, I know it's not uh, unique, just sort of change some of the labels. I sat down talking with my mentee when we initially did those goals. Um, and, and of course, I'm going to skip to these are the meetings and discussions that I had one-on-one with my mentee. This doesn't include the, the broader discussions that we have um, where we give the mentees learning sessions and um, we have sort of group development. And at the same time, the mentees uh, in their own group uh, are also there supporting each other. So, um, But just one-on-one, we started by really clarifying uh, the goals that my mentee wanted to achieve. And we found early on that some of the goals were um, uh, understandably uh, short to midterm. He was looking at uh, preparing himself better for a a promotion in his job. Um, But as we talked more about it, it, it became apparent that a lot of his goals were just, he, he wasn't thinking big enough for him. Um, and and, and that, that doesn't mean that everybody has to think that, uh, you know, they want to be a national presenter or they want to take a, a national position in EMS. But the more I was talking to him about it, I was asking, well, why not, you know, why do you want to do that locally or, or did you want to do that regionally or did you want to do that nationally? You know, do you want to write for uh, a, a national uh, EMS website or magazine? And that um, the more that he talked about it, he said, well, yeah, I guess I would. I just didn't think that I would be able to do it. I said, well, what you want to do is what I'm here to help you do. And I can't guarantee that you're going to achieve everything, but that's, that is the point of this program. So then we set our benchmarks. Uh, and, uh, as we've been going along, he's been doing things like, um, uh, achieved, uh, gaining access to a committee, a state trauma committee, so that he got more of an influence on EMS as a voice with the rest of the physicians that are directing trauma in his uh, trauma care in his state. Uh, he is developing a, a leadership and a clinical education programs locally and, and bringing in some of the organizations that he's uh, already a part of uh, to say, hey, I'll, I'll step up. And again, with the connections that he has with his mentors and his mentees, we're helping him make that happen. Excellent. So what you're doing also, I think, is instilling confidence in someone that's clearly capable, but doesn't think about the fact that I can take that next step. And I have to say, I met uh, Bax Larman and his mentee back at uh, EMS World Expo last year. And Bax was putting his guy on the stage, right? So we had the Stand and Deliver program, which uh, Kevin Colopy uh, leads very, very well. And of course, he's a new mentor. We'll talk about them in a second. 
but the opportunity to you know get on the national stage, as you say, it's not not just about I don't think not just about the fact that you're speaking, but the fact you have the confidence to deliver that product that's going to be appreciated by many people. And so I was excited to see actually Bax's mentee. Um, and if you're listening, sorry, mate, I've forgotten your name, but uh, we'll, we'll work it out. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he, got to the, he got to the final sort of cut, and uh, I was very happy to – I'm, I'm a judge on the, on the stand and deliver because, of course, every reality show needs a British judge, right? So that's how I got, <laughs> that's how I got that job. Hey, I'm McCara Trustee. I am not only an NAEM team member, I'm also a, a member of the Lighthouse Leadership Committee. NAEM with support from FirstNet built with AT&T, has developed a course to assist EMS agencies in building and supporting the mental health resilience of their personnel. The Mental Health Resilience Officer, or MHRO, course prepares EMS personnel to serve as their agency's mental health resilience officer. In this role, the MHRO will engage with peers to develop an understanding of mental health issues and resilience, identify peers who are experiencing mental health stressors and crises, navigate peers in need to the right services for help, and support the development of a culture of mental health resilience and emotional wellness within the agency. Available online and in a classroom format. And when your agency signs up for NAEMT membership, they will receive free access to this critically important course. For more details, contact membership at naemt.org or follow the links in the show notes. So let's talk about the mentors then. You've got the current cohort, which you said are your are, are the committee. You've recruited a, a new batch of, uh, of mentors. What process do they have to go through or, or did they have to go through and are going through in order to you know be in charge of guiding someone's future? Sure. So... This is the, uh, as I said earlier, the second year, and we're bringing on uh, a whole different group of, of mentors from the committee members. And that process, we developed that process just like the mentees, uh, similar um, uh, application process. We did um, interviews, and what we were looking for, and we got a tremendous amount of applications to be uh, mentors. But one of the things we were looking for that's a little different than the mentees were people that are dedicated to the profession, people that have the time to commit to it, have a passion for improving EMS. But we also are looking for uh, diversity. We're looking for not only in people, um, we're also looking for diversity in occupations um, because we want to be able to match people with the correct people. Um, I remember one of uh, the, the people we interviewed for the current group of mentees that we're still uh, processing, you know, um, that person had a preference for uh, a female mentor right now. Uh, and she was able to give reasons for that. So we want to have a, a wide array. And I, I think the, my vision for the future is that once we get this second cohort going, um, our subgroup of our that's going to manage our mentors, we'll start seeing where we're lacking 
in mentors in the areas I just said. And I, I think what we'll do from there is we will go out and recruit um, people in the different, whether it's diversity, um, occupation, whatever um, whatever that option is or what we need, um, I, I, I believe that will be a next step that we will look at at doing to help the program uh, you know, reflect the people we serve and the employees that are the, the, the medics that are out there. And if I can jump in too to support what Dave is saying, one of the things that really makes me excited to participate in the program and, and um, to see it growing like this is the fact that even though there's this one-on-one experience, mentor to mentee, is that we're all working together. So I'm an education guy. And if, uh, so I got matched up with someone who's got a good focus on education, uh, cause that's, that's, you know, I've got a deep background in that and I could really help them. Um, but if they're asking me questions that have to do with, uh, administration or any other subject that is, is not my area of expertise, I can hand them off directly to one of the other mentors that has that expertise. And that's why Dave is saying, you know, we're, we're trying to work to build up uh, an even deeper bench of a wider variety. Because, of course, EMS leadership today, just like with what providers are dealing with, we, we have to deal with so many different things. You have to uh, maybe not yourself be an expert in everything, but know where to be able to reach out for those resources. So between the mentors supporting each other and and being able to jump in for the mentees when one individual uh, mentors really got the expertise that, uh, that a mentee needs. Um, and we're so happy to see the mentees are doing that with each other as well. And they're continuing to push each other and support and um, provide expertise as well. So it's just this, this big matrix of whatever you need, man, that there's somebody in this program that's going to be able to help you out. And it's demonstrating the power of the network. And you, you said something there that I've always lived by, Ron, certainly as a leader and in my days as, as chief, you know, my brief was exceptionally wide. But in some cases, it was only a couple of inches deep because I, I knew where to go to to get the answer. And I, that was either picking up the phone or having some amazing and able uh, members of the team of the staff working with you. And so sometimes you don't have to know all the answers, but you have to know someone that may know the answer or can guide you and direct you. Um, I, I have to let people know that uh, I'm really excited to be one of this cohort of uh, mentors this year. And in case you're wondering, it's not the case of the phone goes and it's, hey, Rob, but any chance you want to join us on the mentorship program? We, too, had to go through the application process. And actually, you know, I got a I got an invite one afternoon to be on the Zoom and I clicked on. I had no idea who was going to be there. And it was uh, you, Dave, and, uh, you know, Steve Worth and others. And I got a good grilling for a while. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and it was it was exciting because a chance really to hopefully explain that. And I know all the rest I've spoken to other guys in this sort of this year's mental cohort, you know, a, a chance really to explain our own personal philosophies to identify how we, and, and as you said before, Dave, you know, I, I now live my life as wanting to make sure the next generation are ready to go, to actually pay things forward as we're going. And uh, hopefully, you know, when I get paired up and, you know, who are you going to match with me? The English, an English-speaking politician. Great. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, so, you know, I enjoyed the process, actually, because it was a good opportunity actually for me to think about you know well what do I what do I want to do what do I want to offer and so everyone did the same thing so everyone's in the right mindset now to pay that forward 
and pass it on. And I, and I hope that, uh, you know, we will continue to do this. Moving on back to the mentees then. So the cohort that's now you know, a year old, how much longer have they got to do and, and, and what happens when it's all over? So uh, the current cohort will graduate at EMS World. Um, it's an 18-month program. So I believe that's in uh, September. Um, we'll have a breakfast and a graduation, the first one. And um, what, what we're going to have them do, I, I recently gave an update to the NAMT board on the program. And I asked, um, we have 10 mentees right now. And I asked them just to send me a few things of what you're doing that's related to the program. And I got so many pages of things from them <laughs> that I had to just pick and choose. And I it actually opened my eyes um, to the number of, of uh, the impact that it's making. It's not, some of it's not huge stuff, but um, we're going to have them at graduation um, either do a presentation and we're still working on this or um, whether a PowerPoint or posters or whatever, everything they've been able to accomplish. And I will tell you that um, it, it's impressive with what a lot of them are doing. They have developed groups on their own that they're meeting outside um, I believe what you'll see to answer your question about down the road, I mean, those relationships will always be there between us and, and um, the people we've, we've mentored. It may not be formal anymore, but I believe you're going to see uh, these folks move on. In fact, we have one that's uh, in our mentor group this next time that applied. So it's kind of that uh, few month uh, time frame there. Um, but I, I do want to point out one thing. Again, I was never privileged to meet Jim. But one of the key things that I am told is that Jim wanted to look out for the person who had the ability and the talent to help EMS, but maybe didn't have that reach or that that ability to move up and, and do that. So when we talk about the applicants and who we choose and who we don't, it's not who's most impressive on a resume. It really is the people that we feel can, can make a difference. And um, this program can go in so many different directions. Um, but one of the things that we've kind of stuck to is that this isn't a pay to be able to do it. Um, we, and there are drawbacks with that because we would love to have more in-person because we think the value of that. Um, but there is no fee. When they're selected from the program, they have no cost. Um, we, we love for them to go to EMS Expo. And I think this year we're paying for their registration. But, um, you know, that that's the type of commitment. But from everything I've seen, that's what Jim would have wanted um, would be to – so. Um, ability to pay is taken out of that completely because there's no charge for the program, which I also believe is a great um, initiative by NAMT, um, you know, who does a lot of programs and, and educational things. This is personal. And that's what I love about the, the program. Wonderful. I just uh, did some quick research while you were talking there, Dave, and uh, you mentioned EMS World Expo, where the guys are going to graduate. Also, on the Friday of Expo is the session called 
uh, Lighthouse Leadership, a beacon for the next generation of EMS leaders. And so I'm guessing that's where all of the uh, the mentees are going to report out. So that's on the Friday at Expo. So make sure you're in the auditorium to hear all about it. Obviously, if you're interested in joining the program in future years, then show up and, and, and listen in and hear what the first cohort number one had gone through. Now, talking to cohort number two, when's the grand reveal then? When are we going to know who they are? Um, we are still in the interview process. We um, have taken about a month so we can uh, make sure to spread them out and give the people that are interviewing um, our full attention instead of trying to cram it all in three or four days. Um, so we are done and we'll be selecting the class of 2024 around April 10th. And then things will move very quickly from there with, uh, um, you know, doing orientation and and getting everything uh, set up. So that that's kind of the time frame. And then that will start the 17, 18 month process for them, and they will graduate 2025 at EMS Expo. Wonderful. Uh, before we go any further, I just need to tell everybody that uh, NEMT Radio is available wherever you get your podcasts, to name but a few. We're on Spotify, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcasts, and even, did you know, gentlemen, iHeartRadio. We're on there. You can find us. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to rate and review us on the platform you're listening to us on. And if you have a comment, get in touch with us. We have an email address, which is naamtradio at naamt.org. And plus, if you're listening to this when it's first put out, don't forget, we're all going to be getting together soon on March 29th, 30th in Washington, D.C. for EMS on the Hill. Are you guys going to be there? Yes. Yep. I'll be there. I will be there also. Indeed. So I'm looking forward to seeing you up there. We're going to do some recording uh, from the event as well. So we'll be able to report back on that uh, in future episodes. Before we started recording this, of course, we talked about Jim Page having the initial idea. But of course, there was some energy that had to be put behind this to make this project actually kick off. You know, Bruce Evans, when he became NAMT president, past president uh, this year, um, one of his initiatives was to make sure this project got going and, and was successful. And um, that's kind of Bruce uh, actually started at our department clear back in the, in the early 1980s here in West Des Moines. So I have always looked to him somewhat as a mentor and he's the one that got me involved in the committee way before the um, way before the board, but he really, this was a priority to him and he put together a team that could get it done. And, um, you know, so far we've been getting it done. And I, I uh, uh, you know, a lot of credit needs to go to him for making it a priority. To echo what Dave says, Bruce made this thing that uh, was really, I think, making a difference in people's lives. That's what the mentees are telling us both face-to-face and uh, in some anonymous feedback, we get to check on how we're doing. Uh, and uh, he brought it to reality. Without him, this this wouldn't be a thing. Bruce Evans, I know you're listening. We know you're listening. So from all of us, thank you for that. And, uh, you know, this is not only Jim's legacy, this is yours as well. So uh, long may it continue. This is the classic Rob ending question now. Gentlemen, is there anything I've forgotten to ask you or anything you've forgotten to tell me? Rob? Well, some of the things that we're looking to do to continue to develop the program uh, we're looking to uh, roll out a, a journal club where we get a chance to take a look at some uh, articles addressing leadership issues that are the real tough ones 
that we're all facing right now. And the focus of the Journal Club is not just to sort of talk about these issues, um, but to really focus on what can we do, maybe not to fix it, but to move the needle real tangible ways. And, and that's, uh, again, that's what I think is, is the real value here in this program is that we're looking at, at not just talking about leadership stuff, but real tangible ways to help improve it locally, regionally, and uh, across the whole industry. Yes, I, I would agree with what uh, Ram said. And I would add that um, I am, it, it's been eye-opening for me and I think the other mentors too and valuable for us working with the mentee because what I've realized is that the issues I face in, in my department and the industry and in Iowa and the rural areas that I'm, are the exact same things that everybody is facing throughout the U.S. It just takes a little bit of a different form. And I know with one of the people I've been working with, just that knowledge of, oh, you mean we're not the only one experiencing that? I think that helps us solve some problems because I think some people are trying to solve problems, not realizing, um, you know, I hear some people say it's because we don't have nice quarters or, um, you know, it's because we don't pay enough. And all those things are part, but everybody has a different reason why they think. But the reality is, whether it's staffing, whether it's reimbursement, whatever, we're all kind of in that and in that same zone. And it's refreshing um, to be able to have this great network of mentees and mentors to realize that, wow, you know, we can solve a lot of these problems because we're, we are all on the same page of, of, uh, doing this. And this is just one of the steps that's necessary is to do this. So that's why I'm so excited about it. Excellent. So we can learn anything and everything about the uh, Lighthouse Leadership Project on the NAMT website. If you go to namt.org, then there will be a number of links contained there. We'll also put the actual web links in the show notes. So if you uh, read this on any of those, those platforms, you can then just click through. And also on the NAMT website, you can click through and read all about the Lighthouse Project uh, yourself. And also, don't forget, if you uh, see us at any of these events, we mentioned EMS on the Hill, we mentioned Expo, and I'm sure many things in between. If you bump into these guys, stop them and ask them all about it. If you want to get in touch with you personally, how can we do that, guys? Well, my parents named me Rami Duckworth. So honestly, if you Google Rom Duck or Rami Duckworth, whatever pops up, that's that's going to be me. But you can also just get a hold of me. The easiest is... Uh, romduck.com or romduck at gmail.com. And my contact is pretty easy to dave.edgar, E-D-G-A-R, at wdm.iowa.gov. Excellent. There you have it. And uh, so if you Google romduck, there you are. That's what you're telling us. <laughs> That's almost as good a final uh, uh, address announcement as our good friend, Dr. Ray Barashansky. He will tell you it's Barashansky common spelling. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, if you're listening out there, Ray, uh, we miss you. Anyway, uh, that's enough for today. So thank you very much, gentlemen, for uh, for joining us. Uh, NAMT Radio Episode 4, there you had it. That was the Lighthouse Leadership Project. Coming up in Episode 5, I think I mentioned this at the start of the show, I'm delighted to welcome uh, Dr. Doug Coopers, and we're going to talk about red lights and sirens and safety. So that's uh, the next instalment. But for the moment, gentlemen, thank you very, very much indeed. Thank you, Rob. Thanks. So, NAMT Radio, episode four, done. I've been Rob Lawrence, and until next time, bye for now.